Hello, everyone. I'm Gary Kleiben, and welcome to the 343 Podcast. The following is on the topic of burnout. Nick and I touch on whether burnout is a real thing or yet another artifact of a particular culture where everything needs to be soft, where competition is a bad thing, and everyone deserves a trophy. Burnout is bullshit is a phrase I've probably said a dozen times publicly. Now, before you get all triggered, does stress exist and can it lead to some tipping point of exhaustion where the person says, I've had enough, I'm calling it quits? I would say, yes, of course, guys, of course that exists. And if we want to call that burnout, no problem. That's not what I'm referring to here when I say burnout is bullshit. I'm mostly addressing how this term burnout has been hijacked by a particular demographic to lower the bar to such levels that at even modest or low levels of struggle, there's an immediate escape hatch and people claim burnout. In other words, an excuse. Oh, I was burnt out. It seems we're hearing that more and more often these days. A sign of the times here in our country and from a particular culture, I suppose. It reminds me of the following quote, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. Honestly, if you're triggered at this point, I think it says something. With many of these stream of consciousness episodes, I think it's important to consider there was zero preparation in this one as well. Nick, my co-host, just calls me up, and I have no idea what topic he's going to drop on me that day. The result of which are first-order, broad-brush sentiments on the topic. What's cool about that is it gets us all started for perhaps a deeper dive much later. I should also mention that I in no way look to be a contrarian on things. I don't, guys. I really don't. It's not premeditated in any way. What I say is what I think. It comes from direct experience, cross-cultural experiences, reasoning, and countless discussions with others. And just as important, having an off-the-cuff chat isn't the best way to communicate with accuracy and precision. So I don't think we should expect that of these sorts of episodes, but it can serve to perhaps get across some broad strokes. That's the case here, guys. So as always, please feel welcomed and shoot me a message through any of our channels if you'd like to dig deeper. But I do have one condition. No trolling allowed. No trolls. With that, I hope you enjoy an alternative perspective an alternative to what's been rammed down everyone's throat in the politically correct mainstream. But before we jump in, I'll do a couple minutes of ads for coaches and parents of youth players looking to solve their soccer problems. These are problems we ourselves have encountered in developing players at every level, and of course ended up solving to great effect. If you're a coach wanting to implement a possession-based methodology where it's your team that's in control of the match instead of it being the usual back-and-forth random mess that you see here in American soccer, the solution is at 343coaching.com. And guys, this is coming directly from someone who has implemented the methods, refined them, and helped transform the landscape by showing playing this way is possible with American players in the American landscape. This is not the usual scripted course or presentation regurgitating material from some book, some PowerPoint presentation from a federation, or quoting some famous pro coaches overseas. 
To successfully implement a legit methodology, you need to witness it, not only visually, but audibly as well. That's what you get at 343coaching.com. You get immersed in the actual team training sessions, all professionally caught on video from Elevation and Coach Brian's audio captured as well. Again, these are the actual team training sessions with Brian's actual players as they prepare for match play on the weekends and long-term development of their abilities. With well over 1,000 members nationwide at various stages of the program, coach success stories keep coming in. We'd like to see yours as well. Now, if you're not a coach, but a parent, it's no secret the American youth system is screwed up. So you need solutions as well. What team should you play for? What coach is or isn't a good fit for your kid? Should you do personal training? Should you not? What's important to look out for there? What should you be looking for in the near, medium, and long term? I mean, the questions and circumstances are endless. They can depend on age, level of play, position, club, geography, politics, and so on. But while the context might change, the best way to increase your chance of making good decisions is by developing your skills in the fundamentals. And I'm not necessarily just talking about skills of the player. I'm talking about your skills as a parent making decisions or helping make decisions or guiding your player. In one minute, you can join the email list at 343masterclass.com. When enrollment of the program opens, we'll send you a note. All right. I hope you enjoy this episode. We're just scratching the surface here, folks, but it's an important starting point for us to further expand down the line. It's rock and roll. I want to dive right into it. Burnout is bullshit. So before I give you a chance to explain uh, what you meant by that, I want to just for people listening, give an idea of of what are some of the common excuses when we hear about athletes burning out. And we can take it from two different angles, one in sport, and the second would be just in life overall, in in the workplace, in school. It doesn't have to be specific to sport. But when you hear stories of athletes or people burning out, what are the common things that are associated with that? Yeah, so work overload, and that means way too much work and way too often or regularly is so for instance it's one thing to work two days a week it's another day to work four days a week it's another thing to work seven days a week it's one thing to work four hours a day it's another to work eight hours a day it's another to work 14 hours a day i think we all understand these sorts of things 100 percent. and so right off the bat why do you think this is bullshit you know every everybody has such a different opinion on this, but the fact of the matter is a lot of people are leaving their field of profession, leaving their given sport that they've dedicated so many years to, and that they're claiming that, you know, oh, I'm burnt out on it. So I want you to break down that short sentence of yours that you wrote for all the listeners. Burnout is bullshit. Uh, the context of the phrase was youth soccer, and even more specific to that is here in the United States. Uh, It became a common theme to talk about players burning out here. And by and large, it just became one of the many phrases or narratives in the repertoire of American soccer when it comes to excuses as to why players aren't developing or as an excuse as to why 
American soccer isn't better than it currently is. It just became one of the many things. Um, and which is quite strange to me because here in the United States, the typical youth soccer club trains players twice a week for an hour and a half every day. Okay. And then you have a game, maybe two on the weekends. So that's typically sure what's going on. So we're really talking about three hours of training and then a game or two on the weekends. How on earth are you burning out anybody with that? <laughs> um, so let's expand that because people already throw objections at me and say, no, well, we're really talking about, uh, it's three days a week, Gary, maybe even four days if you're in the academy. And on top of that, let's throw in personal training. Let's throw in all kinds of other bells and whistles associated with it. Maybe mm -hmm. tournament play where you're playing three or four games, uh, on the weekend. Um, and then having season or year long seasons you know, where there's yeah. not much of a break from soccer. So they'll pile on all of these other things on top of that. And if I were to say, okay, let's take the extreme scenario that you're trying to paint in order to try to make your point. First off, that's usually not the situation where the player is doing 20, 30 hours a week in soccer. So your extreme yeah. scenario is already nonsense. You're just trying to be hyperbolic and trying to have an argument because you have this view of burnout. But even then, let's take the scenario as true. They're playing a shit ton of soccer. If you are good, generally speaking, if you are good at what you do, if you are a great player, best player on your team or your best from the top five on your team or whatever, you enjoy the activity. If you love what you do, if you're good at what you do, you generally like what you do and you don't abandon it. Mm -hmm. Um, for the most part, I think that is a generally true statement. So the burnout narrative, in my opinion, is more geared towards the players who are not very good at this game. It's usually maybe the players who are in the bottom fourth of the team. It's usually the players who are maybe riding the bench a lot. It's usually the players who are, you know, struggling for playing time. It's usually the players who, you know, all that sort of jazz. And so then there's an out for that type of player. It's we're burning them out. Um, got, I'll pause there for a moment. I think there's more to discuss, Nick. Maybe you can generate more of my ideas here. So when I say burnout, <laughs> but when I say burnout is bullshit, that's mostly what I'm talking about. It's like, Hey, no, no, no. If you're a great player, you're not burning out. It's only if you're a shitty player, usually, yeah, you'll burn out because you're trying to find it out from an activity that you're not really good at. And your self-esteem isn't at an all time high. Your self-esteem is kind of low because you suck at the activity and there's nothing wrong with sucking at soccer. I suck at playing the piano. I'm fucking terrible at it. Okay. I suck at almost everything. <laughs> Me too. I suck at almost everything human beings do on planet earth. I suck at everything. I, you know, we're throughout our lifetime, Nick, we can only probably be good at maybe one, two, three things. If we're very lucky, you are extremely good at one thing. If we're very lucky, it's few of us that, that have that capability. Sure. But for everything outside of that one or two subjects that you're good at, you suck at everything else. 
I'm terrible at golf. I'm terrible at basketball. I'm terrible at writing. I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible at playing a, an instrument. I'm terrible at being a food critic. I'm terrible at wine tasting. I, I don't know shit about shit, anything, Nick. Okay. So if, yeah, if you put me in a closed room for eight hours a day, five days a week, six days a week at something that I suck at and I'm not getting better and I see everybody else is kind of like a savant compared to me. Well, yeah. I'm going to burn out because I don't want to do this. So when we're talking about exactly. that aren't very good and you're kind of forcing them or training is three times a week and there's all kinds of stuff that you have to do for your soccer activity and they suck, pardon the expression. Yeah. The player's going to get burnt out. Who wants nothing to do with it? And maybe you brought up a good point and it makes me think. Kids start burning out at the age when they're smart enough to understand the difference between I'm a good player and I'm not a good player. And so maybe there's some merit in that. It's like, hey, now I'm realizing that, oh, shit, I'm not the best player here. I'm not even playing on the weekends. This is, you know, it's an out. It's it's an out. So it's interesting to hear you say that because I think it happens a lot in this generation. And it's it's not just kids that are only playing soccer. There's kids that, that are multi-sport athletes that are burning out on all of them. There, So I, I don't think that it's just... We're, we're giving too much stress to one specific activity. It's more of an out, like you said. So that was a really interesting point. But I, I think you have a different attitude than most people. You can say that, hey, I suck at this, but you are still making an attempt to get better. And as a 13, 14 year old, maybe they don't have the capacity to do that. And so that's why it's such an easy out to take. And the other thing to consider is maybe it's not the kids that are burnt out. But mom and dad are burnt out from driving to Bakersfield every other weekend or taking kids, you know. So I wonder if there's that component to it as well, where the parents, do they have some play in this burnout scenario or is it all just the athlete? Um, look, I'm just going to say, I'm always going to say some things. This is just the nature of 343, right? That people are, might get upset at or think I'm just way off base. But parents, the truth, Gary. many times, parents, many times, they, they don't want to admit, Hey, you know what? My son or my daughter kind of sucks at this. And, <laughs> and they always, in many cases, again, my opinion, want to point at other reasons why the kid sucks at something. And one such reason could be. And many times is because they say it, they verbalize it is burnout. My kid just got burnt out. The coach burnt him out. The club burnt him out, whatever. It's not that, you know what? My kid's not cut out for this. He's not into it. Let's, let's figure something else out. Or my kid has other interests. It, no, it, it rarely is. My kid isn't that great. It's always somebody else's fault or some external factor uh, playing the culprit what it seems like and so let's say we're in this you're a coach and you're dealing with the family and the family is coming to you and saying gary you know my my kid is, is <laughs> he's done he's burnt out he's he's had it uh, how do you navigate that those waters is it like you know what there's plenty of fish in the sea fine go play ping pong or, or something or is is it a chance for as a coach or somebody that's encouraging this kid to play, is there an opportunity to take these kids and, and keep them from burning out, to keep the flame lit? Can that be re-fostered at all? Or is it a, this kid's just not, it's, it's over for him? 
He's burnt out. He's making excuses. There's no hope. Like you said, the the players that are good generally are not going to have a cop out. So it seems like, do you really want that kind of player in in your program if if they're already making those kind of excuses? So as is most things that are non-math or non-hard science, Nick, as I always said, it's case by case. So you'd really have to dig into what's really going on here. So I'll, I'll just give you two examples. In one example, if the player just isn't that great and you don't, well, let me, let's rewind. Actually, we need to talk about on another episode, the recreational soccer, uh, posture and the professional player posture. You know, what track do you want to be on? What, tra- what, which one of those two buckets do you as a player and family fit into? Okay. So if you're on the recreational side and you have no real aspirations to try to go and be a professional soccer player or get to yeah. a very high level and you as a coach, because you're asking me as a coach, if somebody approaches me and you as a coach, I look at this player and you're like, yeah, you know, Jimmy's not going to be a professional. You say to yourself, this is not going to happen. Then if a parent comes up to you and says, Hey man, like my kid's burnt out. I don't think this is for him. Great. No problem. Like you said, Nick, if he wants to go play ping pong, go play ping pong. This is no problem. <laughs> I have no problem with yeah. this. Okay. Whatever is great for the kid. Um, because the kid obviously doesn't want to be here. Now, if we're in the pro bucket and the kid has a lot of potential and you as a coach see, man, this kid, had, this kid's got something, man. He's got a, or he's got a lot. Yeah, I really believe in this yeah. kid, but he's going apparently through some, some rough times or rough patch for whatever the reason. Okay. Because you really don't know what people are going through. Then I think you try to make an effort in conjunction with the parent, if they're open to it, to try to figure out how to best facilitate the player getting through these tough times. Maybe it is just taking some time off. I don't know. Just take some time off. Go. Uh, don't come to training for yeah, two yeah. weeks or three weeks or whatever. Decompress and divert yourself, your attention from something else. That's one approach. The other approach is if you're a very, if your club environment, your team environment is very intense, okay, where you try to have it be very egalitarian, meaning you're treating every player equally, maybe you decide as a coach, okay, I'm going to be really chill on Jimmy or for the next week or two or three and let him just, I don't know, try, try and see if the kid can battle through and gain the enjoyment sure. again of playing with the ball, as opposed to always being in the intense environment of professional player development. So those are just a, a couple context based examples. I love it. So I want to ask you a little more personal question. You know, you mentioned that there's a lot of things that you suck at. There's a lot of things that you do, golf and cook and, and you teach. And there's a lot more going on than just the soccer. So in these realms, how do you stop yourself from, from, from burning out? Is it just a, a state of mind, a mentality switch? Like, okay, I'm playing the piano every week. I'm not getting better. I still suck. How, how, do, you, how do you keep that flame lit for yourself? Yeah, well, I don't have the answer. And I think everybody is different. I think I'm still trying to explore the potential solution space to when I confront these mental challenges. One of the things that seems to work 
is when you are just kind of like forced to do it either by an external factor. For instance, the teaching, that's like a day job where you have to show up at a particular day and time and you have to do it. And so you do it and lo and behold, after a while you push through it. And once you get into the zone, you find some enjoyment in the teaching in this case. Okay. Well, well for instance, last semester I had an eight o'clock class and I'm not a morning person. That's a whole other topic about people talking about morning <laughs> person, but the, the, I think you understand the essence of it. I don't like uh, yeah. really getting up that early, uh, cause I stay up very late working anyways, but I was forced to do it. And so when I would, <laughs> which is every single time and I go lecture, you know what, this is cool. I got up, I pushed through it. I feel that morning dew, you know, that revitalizes the, the spirit a little bit. And yeah, so that's just an example of being forced into the habit and finding some enjoyment in doing so. And the other thing is, Nick, is learning to love the pain and learning to love the process. But again, if this is adult talk here, if we're talking about young prepubescent or even pubescent kids, they can't, it's hard for them to wrap their minds around that. I'm still struggling to wrap my mind around learning to love the process, but there is a lot of truth in it because even when I'm writing or I'm trying to, you know, create a, a new feature or product for 343, whatever that might be, the moment I force myself to sit down and get to work at some point, and if I stay focused at some point, again, you slip into a different state of mind. And there is some enjoyment there, even though the pain of sitting down and getting started sometimes is unbearable. Just like maybe going to the gym or going out for a run, it's putting on the shoes and getting out of the house and just committing to it. That's usually the most painful part of the process. So many of times I think the whole burnout thing happened for soccer, bringing it back to youth soccer happens outside or off the field. It happens in between the training sessions, in between the games where interesting, where the players not looking forward to going to practice, not looking forward to going to a game. But once you are there, they're still not a hundred percent mentally great or whatever, but it's not as bad as the self-talk leading up to it. That makes sense. And I want to bring it back to something that you said earlier in the conversation. Uh, an excuse that you might hear is the coach burnt me out. The coach burnt me out. Is it possible that bad coaching can burn out somebody in the sense that it's just, they're not teaching the right game. It's old school mentality, run them to the ground, whatever it is, but can bad coaching burn out an athlete? Yeah, that's a great point, Nick, because even though I. I said, Hey, everybody wants to point the finger, not the thumb. Nobody wants to say that it's their kids just not very good. <laughs> That's right. That doesn't preclude uh, the fact that there absolutely could be these external factors that are negatively impacting the player's mental state. Uh, there's no question about that. So forcing the player to do things that they don't want to do is probably a path in that direction. And I think there's some sort of percentages that go into this. So if 90% of the time you are forcing a player to do things they don't want to do, that's really bad. Um, but how about yeah. if it were 50%, yeah. 
of the time you're forcing a player something they don't want to do. That's probably bad too. What about 25% of the time you're forcing a player something they don't want to do? That might be bad as well. But what if it's like 10% of the time or 5% of the time that you're forcing the player to do something they don't want to do? Then I'm not so sure. Okay. Then we have, there's a conversation to be had because five or 10% of the time doing something like that is stretching the player beyond their comfort zone. And that is a requirement for development in any domain. But to come back to your question, I think you are referring to those other examples, right? The 90%, the 50%, the 25% that you're kind of yeah, yeah. forcing the player into situations that they're not comfortable with, in, in which case, yeah, you can turn them off. And yeah, I guess if you want to call it burnout, we can call it burnout. And, and I'll concede that point. I have no problem doing that. It, it almost wouldn't even be a burnout, really. It would just, it's like demotivating at sometimes when you're playing for a coach that 90 to 95% of the time you're in an environment where you're just not happy. You're not liking what's going on. You don't feel like you're learning. I know a lot of players that say that, and this might be another episode too, where I feel like there's these 15 and 16 year old kids that are, oh, I'm just not getting challenged enough by my coach. My coach does, he's not giving me enough. I'm not learning enough from the game. We're, we're not doing enough in sessions. And so I, I don't know, this it just doesn't feel like the right environment for me. Uh, and that seems like a slippery slope to maybe this is not the right sport for me. Um, so I, I wonder how much, like you said, the external factors of coaching do play a part in that decision. And then when you look at it from the professional side of things, there's a whole nother ball game of tr the travel, the media. So when you get to, when you make the jump from club to professional, there's a million other things that you could get burnt out on the lifestyle of the fast pace back and forth. So if you don't, if you're a 13, 14, 15 year old player and you're already feeling like you're getting burnt out and you want to be a pro, it just seems like, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to be good enough. So I think to your point, only the great players or the people that are really, truly in it for the right reasons, those are the players that will handle those situations a little easier. Uh, but yeah, the, the burnout topic is strange because there's tons of articles about it and there's so many excuses why it's happening. But to your point, I think what I've learned from this is it's a cop-out. It's an excuse. I heard somewhere 99% of excuses are valid. 100% are still excuses. Uh, and I've, <laughs> I always love that. So no, I, I appreciate it. Any final thoughts on this burnout? I don't know. Let me see if, if I can state it a little bit better than before. Again, it's context dependent. If we're talking about youth soccer in the United States, which is, I think why you brought this up, I call it burnout is bullshit because principally what is published is all excuses and it's not, I mean, they make it sound like this is some broad scale, crazy phenomenon that's happening where kids are yes. being so pressured into, I mean, just are placed in such high pressure situations that we're ruining children. It's, it's, it has, it has a tinge, it has a tinge of this whole woke movement. Um, that's, I don't know, you know, the whole phenomenon of helicopter parents and all that sort of jazz where, where everything has to be childproof and 
every piece of furniture needs to have its corners buffered uh, and every, everybody needs to play at least 70% of the game, like AYSO, right? Um, and everybody deserves a trophy and every kid shouldn't have to compete and the, these sorts of things. This burnout narrative that's out there has a strong smell and tinge of all of that line of thinking. And that's why it's taken such a foothold because so many in today's society have that, have that sentiment. Everything has to be handicapped. Competition is bad. I failed to mention earlier is it's part of that demographic. It's part of that culture that is propping up this whole notion of burnout. I don't think athletes would even know about burnout if there weren't 150 articles of the parents and the, the, these helicopter parents telling us exactly what it is. Um, so no, I, I appreciate your insights well, as always. They don't tell us, well, they don't tell us exactly what it is. They just tell us that kids are being harmed because we're placing too much pressure on them and they place a label of burnout on that generic statement and they make that generic statement yeah, a yeah. blanket statement as if this happening all across the country everywhere and then you cut in every you, sport yeah well well i'm just gonna i'm only gonna speak about soccer but yeah i'll leave it there man i don't know what else to say you've said enough i won't get burnt out on on these conversations so i always appreciate them and i think the the real secret like you said there has to be some kind of gratification from the process and then there you won't burn out on it you know, if it's something that you truly love, then you're not going to lose the fire for it. So you'll keep returning to it and hopefully yeah. you take the stance of continual growth, right? So, all right, man. Appreciate your insights as always. Well, that's it for today, guys. Thank you for listening. A reminder for coaches, you can get both the free and premium coaching programs at 343coaching.com. Don't let anyone tell you your teams can't win by playing dominant possession-based football while also developing individual players to the highest levels. Nonsense. We've proved it at every single level, and so have hundreds of serious member coaches across the country. Now that we've moved on to the pro level, we're delivering everything we've learned in the program. Don't wait and continue delaying getting on a proven path. And parents, 343masterclass.com is where you want to go to get a working compass for navigating the American soccer landscape with your player. It's pretty bad out there, but let our experience guide you. Until next time, cheers everyone and keep building.